Yeah. Okay. I have two monitors. So if, if it looks like I'm like not paying attention to you guys, it's not. Yeah. Mine's, I mine's assumed you did. It's not, you that I'm like, it's not that I'm bored or that I'm like drifting off into space. It's that, yeah, like this, I have a 39 inch widescreen monitor here and. Oh, you went 39 until I got. Yeah. It's, it's curved and oh, everything. Like, fancy like, Keith. We get my, it. My, my, <laughs> desk, my desk is like buckling under the, the weight. <laughs> um, so. Okay. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to. The weight of your prestige. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and welcome to The Final Turn, an upbeat podcast about all things running. I'm Keith, a very capable runner, but a woefully incapable weightlifter. I did do 600 push-ups in a day earlier this year, but that feels like a very, very long time ago. And it will become obvious why I'm mentioning these things shortly. Who are you, Sean? I'm Sean. I'm a 29-year-old, and uh, at one point in my life, I was able to bench 295 pounds, squat 345 pounds, and deadlift 365 pounds, which is known as the 1,000-pound club in weightlifting. And I was able to do that all while being able to run a sub-five-minute mile. And this will be relevant to today's topic. Okay. That sounds impressive. I don't know how to... Big, big milestone in my life, I'll say that. Okay, okay. I'm impressed. So today, we're really excited to have our first guest on the show, Jason Fitzgerald. Jason is the creator of Strength Running, where he creates content and coaches runners on incorporating strength into their run training plans. Jason is an accomplished marathoner, having once run a 239, and he lives and breathes running and training. He's been focused on strength training for a decade plus, so he knows what's up. Today, we'll cover why it's important to consider strength training as part of any running program, how to best do so, pitfalls to keep an eye out for, and more. We're eager for feedback on the show, and the way to do that is to email us at thefinalturnpod at gmail.com. Please, please, please uh, give us some feedback if you have any. We're building out a website, too, which is at thefinalturn.com. So we are here with Jason Fitzgerald. I will have given a brief introduction to what you're about to our listeners, but I wanted to officially welcome you to the show and to thank you for taking the time to join us today. We're excited to pick your brain a bit about how to run faster with fewer injuries. Uh, But first, we kick off each episode usually with a quick chat about our runs today. Did you get a chance to get out this morning? Yeah, I sure did. First, thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat. And yeah, I did get out. I got out for uh, a five mile run today. I know we talked a couple days ago and I was the lowest mileage guy of the group here. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully this time I've, I've run a little bit more. <laughs> you, uh, you tied me. So I, I also ran five miles today. Today was uh, like one of my lighter days. So you've, we, we are tied for today. Well, Sean, I have the benefit of being at altitude, so my five miles is definitely worth like eight and a half. <laughs> we actually, can we get uh, some tenths and hundredths here? Do you, how far did you go exactly, Sean? I, I did five point five one this morning, Jason. Five point zero zero. Oh, okay. But my again, OCD the is way too high to run five point <laughs> five one miles. That's in, so I I have to have every one of we talked about this recently. Every one of my runs, I usually try to end on point two one. Um, but every one of my runs, the hundredth mile has to be um, either uh, one, three, seven, or nine, or else like I just I go crazy. So like I can't That's... do straight flat, but I have to have that ending. It's or else I'll just go insane. I so recommend a good shot. therapist. Yeah. <laughs> so, nobody <laughs> asked, but I know you guys are interested. Uh, I ran fourteen point one two miles. Uh, oh wow! And oh you... yeah, I, it was weird. I was running on the streets of San Francisco, and we just recently imposed uh shelter in place again and the streets are sort of empty it's it's a little bit spooky um but it's nice just wide open boulevards and 
you know, normally you sort of have to slalom through the tourists and part of the part I was on today, but not today. So anyway, all right. So tell us a little bit about your background, Jason. How'd you get into running and, and weightlifting? So I started running as a freshman in high school. I, I went out for the school's cross country team and I initially actually started with cross country because I wanted to high jump, which sounds ridiculous. But when I was in eighth grade, you know, the year prior, we had track and field week and I really enjoyed the high jump for some reason, me being like a probably five foot one at the time I was able to high jump four eleven. I was second in the school. Oh, wow. And I thought to myself, man, this is such a fun, crazy little thing to do. I'm going to, I'm going to try to do this during cross country. So I showed up, I'm wearing my long mesh basketball shorts. And I quickly realized that there are no field events in cross country. All they do is run, <laughs> which was sad because I was the kid who was avoiding all of the running events in that track and field week in middle school. You know, I was the, you know, the hundred and 10 pound guy throwing the shot put because I couldn't be bothered to do any of the running events. But, um, you know, I, I think like a lot of people, uh, I, I fell in love with the sport because I started seeing a little bit of progress and that progress was so exciting. And it certainly helped that I just had a lot of fun with the guys on the team and the coach was really great. But as soon as I started being able to do things that I was previously incapable of doing that whole idea to me was very attractive and all of a sudden you know i you know within a couple of months i was able to you know run a 620 mile and i thought i was like the fastest guy in the world and um you know that that kind of prompted me to stick with running all throughout high school i had to give up my my first love my first sport of basketball um you know i'm five foot seven now and i i think i was five foot seven as a freshman in high school <laughs> so <laughs> you know, for, I was going to have to give up basketball for other reasons, but running really captured my heart. And I, I stuck with it all throughout high school. I ran cross country, indoor track, outdoor track. I went to Connecticut college. I ran all three seasons for my four years there, uh, at that school and kept running post collegiately. Uh, I just fell in love with it. I, you know, I love everything about it. I love the, the process of training. I love getting better than you were in the past. And, you know, I look back on my life running, I'm like, man, you know, th this is how I met some of my best friends. I owe my career to running. My wife was a member of the women's cross country team uh, when we were in college together. So my whole life has really kind of sprung out of my decision to start running cross country as a freshman in high school. So uh, you're talking to me now just because I, I wanted to start high jumping. <laughs> so have you did you ever beat four foot 11 in the high jump or you just when you started running uh running around the track and cross country you're just like nah I don't, I don't need to try this again i did actually try it when i was in college just for fun one day it was probably not the best idea it was the <laughs> night before a three thousand meter race at boston university and a friend of mine were just playing around on the infield doing a bunch of high jumps and I still had some good ups as a senior in high, a college at the time, but no, the four foot 11 was my peak. I, I peaked in eighth grade when it came to the high jump. Nice. Yeah. I, I started uh, personally, I started as a, as a long jumper. I thought like, Oh, how far can I actually like jump? I thought it was like really cool. Uh, and like, I was the, the best person in like seventh grade for that. And then when it came to eighth grade, I realized how bad I actually was. And I'm like, this is, I, I probably have uh, talents elsewhere and uh, stopped long jumping pretty much after that. So 
I feel you on Isn't that. Isn't track weird? We're, we're all so obsessed with how far can you jump? How high can you jump? How far can you throw this really heavy thing? How fast can you run this distance? It's all so basic, but it's one of the reasons why I love it. Yeah, and like I, I think, you know, it's, it's funny with like basketball, like you can always like in these other sports, like you can see improvement, like you can score more points. Maybe you become a better free throw shooter. You have like 87%, 88% the next year, whatever it may be. But like running, it's so like this, the kind of the bar is, it's very simple to say, hey, I was able to run this time. And like, now I can run like this time faster. Like it's very just like cut and dry where it's like, there's not a lot of like, I think one thing that with strength and we'll, we'll get into this is like, oh, like, yeah, you can bench 500 pounds, but you like weigh like 350 pounds or whatever um but it's like you know for like running it's like the the level the playing field it seems like a little bit uh, more leveled i guess um are there people very- who can bench 500 pounds oh yeah i think I so know. yeah not me or you but not there not are us. people <laughs> i think the world record would is be all three of us stacked on top of each other and then a little bit of extra weight <laughs> <laughs> serious yeah i think okay sorry so um, so what, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious. So I, I know a lot of folks, uh, a lot of people I ran with in high school went on and ran in college and then after college, they were like pretty burnt out. So like, how did you, like, have you ever had that gap? And then like, when did you kind of like, you know, discover strength training and like deciding like, Hey, I should actually, you know, start, you know, lifting some weights and doing some, some exercises rather than just like hitting the, hitting the trails or hitting the, the road every single day. Yeah, there, there was certainly a, a brief period of time where, I needed to reevaluate things and a little bit happened right after college where uh, I spent some time doing triathlons. And so I was still running, but I was running much less mm-hmm. and I was doing some swimming, which I was absolutely terrible at. You know, I sunk like a rock. I have very low body fat. I'm not made to be in the water whatsoever, but you know, I've always loved uh, getting on my road bike and you know, for the same reasons why I like to run. I just like to go hard. I like to go fast it's a, it's a fun experience. And so that really helped me, um, kind of almost take a little bit of a vacation from the rigors of college training and college track. And I did spend maybe the next two years just doing different things. So I did everything from a sprint triathlon to a duathlon. I ran my first, uh, 10 K cross country race. And then I just started new distances, you know, being a college runner, I wasn't doing anything that was super long. So I started doing, uh, 10 miles, uh, which is actually one of my favorite distances. I love the 10 mile race distance, uh, the half marathon. I did my first marathon two years after I graduated college. Um, but the real inflection point in my training was after my first marathon, you know, it wasn't great. I ran a little bit slower than I thought it was the New York city marathon. And when I started to get back into running after the marathon, uh, I got hurt. My IT band just kind of exploded and it was very unhappy with me. And I spent about six months hurt, laying on the couch, watching reruns of House, just feeling sorry for myself Um, because I, you know, I, I had seen a couple physical therapists. I thought at the time I had a good handle on how my body worked, what, how I responded to certain things. And I thought I could get healthy. But it was pretty clear that I needed some extra help to, you know, finally kind of get back to running. And, you know, I certainly thought about quitting and, and you know, not being a competitive runner anymore. You know, I kept thinking to myself, why am I trying to run 85 miles a week? It's a lot of work. You know, it's so much easier to just not do that and, you know, live a, a more comfortable lifestyle. But then I realized, man, 
I have all this extra free time. You know, at the time I didn't have a family. Uh, I didn't work as much. So I was thinking, what else do I have to do? So I saw it ended up being four physical therapists before I finally found someone who was really keen on runners and their injuries and, and, you know, how they thought about training and all that. And they were able to, to get me healthy. And it was at that point that I knew that if I wanted to keep doing what I loved, if I wanted to keep running, wanted to keep running personal bests and, and eventually, you know, run another marathon and hopefully improve upon that and not have it break me, I needed a switch with my training. I needed to, to really reevaluate what I was doing, what I was doing wrong. And, you know, a big part of that was including a lot more strength work. So I started doing a dynamic warm up before all of my runs that included, yes, some dynamic mobility exercises, but also some light strength exercises. And then after every run, I would do some routine of body weight strength exercises. So I spent, you know, 15 or 20 minutes, you know, doing all kinds of, you know, different core and, and other strength work after the run. And I also stopped running so hard. You know, I, I actually maybe would run more, but I wasn't doing three hard workouts a week sometimes like I was back in college or maybe in the year or two after college, you know, it was that mentality of go hard all the time. You know, it was a very type A college athlete kind of a mentality. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, not that I was, you know, very old at the time, I think it was like 25 or 26, but I realized even then that, you know, the difference between 26 and, and 19 is there is a difference there. And yeah. so I needed to dial back the intensity a little bit, be a little bit more strategic with, how I was running fast workouts, I started including a lot more strength work. And, you know, since that really bad IT band injury back in 2008, I've only had one or two more serious injuries. Uh, now, granted, in the last couple of years, you know, I'm not running the 80 plus miles a week and training so hard like I used to. But still, it was it was just a great run of healthy running. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to start strength running was because I felt like I had something to share with the world. I felt like, you know, if I was talking to runners and everyone knows that runners are pretty prone to getting hurt, then, you know, I, I had ideas on the training process that I thought would be valuable to them because I had lived it. I had made a lot of the mistakes, but then I had turned things around and I wanted to kind of extrapolate that towards the broader running community. So, you know, that was kind of the reason why I started strength running back in, in 2010. And uh, here we are now. So, Jason, what do you recommend for people first introducing strength training into their running routines? It sounds like some sort of 20 minute or so dynamic thing at the start and then a little bit at the end as well. Or, or yeah, maybe I a, have a, a pretty, bit more at the end. Right. I do have a pretty simple way of thinking about things. So if you're totally new to strength training, but you're a runner and you want to get started, you're not sure what to do. I like to tell runners, let's think about your run as a run sandwich. And really what this means is kind of a goofy thing to say, but it means that your run is the middle of the sandwich and you're always going to precede that run with a dynamic warm up, And then you're going to finish off your workout for the day with, you know, some light strength, core mobility work. And, and, and this idea of, okay, I start my run with these kinds of exercises. And then after the run, I finish up with a post run core or strength workout. You know, it kind of gets runners out of the idea that they are runners. I don't, I actually tell my athletes, you are an athlete that specializes in running. You are not a runner. 
Because the problem with that is if you think of yourself as a runner, you think that the only thing you do is run. But if you look at any other sport, you look at basketball, basketball players don't just play the game of basketball. They spend a lot of time in the gym lifting weights and getting strong. They do individual drills to work on certain aspects of their game. You know, they'll do ball handling work. There's so much other uh, stuff that goes into being a good basketball player. And the same is true for runners. You know, we have to develop the general athleticism, the strength, the power to be good runners. And, you know, I think that's a good place to start is just following every run with a, you know, 10 to 20 minute uh, body weight, core or strength workout. Um, One that is fairly runner specific. and, And what that means is, you know, we're not doing any kind of bodybuilding stuff. You know, we're not isolating certain muscles. We are practicing movements rather than uh, isolating individual muscles. And we are focusing a little bit more on the glutes and the hips, two muscles that not only are really important for your performance, you know, they, they help power most of your stride, but they also contribute to you know, any degradations in running form. You know, if you go to mile 25 of a marathon and you watch a sorry parade of people in, in pain, <laughs> you'll, you'll see that their form is really falling apart. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of that to has watch. to do with the fact that, you know, they're not strong enough and, and the race is really beating them up. Of course, some of that is is normal and I'm just being a little fun here, but, you know, a big part of that is is getting strong enough to maintain good form, even when you're very tired. So a lot of this work can be super helpful for that. Um, And then, you know, we can also talk about what to do if you get a little bit more advanced as well. But if you're just starting out 10 to 20 minutes of body weight work after your run, I think is a great place. And like, what about like when you want to, you know, maybe we we start doing that and then you want to start saying, hey, I do want to actually get like stronger, like not only kind of like a way to dynamically kind of like stretch and I do want to like strengthen my hips, my IT band, these other areas. But let's say I do want to like start building maybe like a little bit of muscle or just kind of incorporating like, you know, lifting as something that's not 20 minutes a day, but maybe 45 minutes or 60 minutes a couple times of a week. Like how do you, you know, tell folks or how do you allow them to kind of like transition to something that's a little bit more uh, focused on, on the, like the actual, like that strength development. Yeah. Now we're talking about what I consider the gold standard of strength training for runners. And, you know, this kind of a schedule is what I consider ideal. Ideal strength training for runners would include two gym days a week where you're in the gym, you're lifting heavy weight, you have a barbell and you're doing a variety of compound multi-joint exercises, you know, the basics, the fundamentals, squats, deadlifts, press, then you can move into some of the more advanced explosive lifts that are more power oriented, the snatch, the clean, the jerk. Um, There's a couple others too. You know, any of those Olympic movements are great. But then of course, on your other days, you're only doing that twice a week. The other days that you're running, we should still follow that sandwich strategy of, you know, following every run with some more body weight work. Now the body weight work, I think a lot of runners will be surprised at how difficult some of that some of those exercises are. Uh, and if they haven't been super consistent with strength training, then, you know, it will certainly expose some weaknesses in some areas of the body. Um, so you'll certainly get stronger with the body weight, uh, types of workouts that you can incorporate into your training, but the real weightlifting that you're doing in the gym, that's where you're going to really work on, you know, the main goal of strength training for runners, which is force production. You know, let's train our 
leg muscles to be able to produce a lot of force. And that's what helps you run faster. You know, every foot strike is more powerful. You're exerting more force against the ground. Uh, and that helps you run faster. And of course, all the injury prevention benefits of getting stronger muscles and toughening up all your connective tissues, that is certainly a huge benefit and something we shouldn't ignore. But the real, uh, I think the real value of the weightlifting in the gym is, you know, the actual power, the force production and the ability to, you know, kick hard at the end of a race when you're tired, because you're going to be able to recruit more muscle fibers, um, you developing a more economical, uh, style of running so that you're running the same pace with less energy, which I think is something most runners would love to have. So there's a lot of benefits to it, but I, I really consider that the, the ideal strength training schedule for runners. Yeah, that's, that's actually how I, I discovered you, Jason, and, and strength training was, um, you know, I was going through this like transition in my life where I was like a huge runner, then I started doing a lot of strength in college. And then I was like, kind of like ready to shift over to running again, but I didn't want to like lose strength. So what I was doing is like, okay, where I was like Googling, like, what's the balance between like running and strength? And I was like, I want to lift two to three days a week. And what really annoyed me was like, you go to like, uh, like some of these like muscle websites and these lifting websites are like, Oh, if you only if you don't have enough time to go in the gym and you can only go with like three days a week, I'm like, no, no, that's not me. Like I have time to put towards like, you know, physical activity and like, you know, pushing myself and training, but I'm trying to balance like running and lifting. And like I swear, like you like strength running was the only place that I was able to like find this information. And like, you know, I, I was really excited to like learn of like, yeah, like these are like the things that I should be doing in the gym and you know, two to three days a week. And it was like perfect for me to like easily incorporate that into what I was already doing and also learn a lot about like exercises that I should be doing that make my running better, um, where I didn't feel like I was sacrificing, you know, either like the strength itself or the running. And I, I saw a lot of obviously benefits in the, in the running side of it. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's good to hear. And, you know, it is admittedly a little difficult to both focus on your running and, you know, good training, trying to get faster while at the same time, also trying to build muscle. So I'm sure you were probably able to maintain some muscle, but were you able to actually get bigger while you were training for any kind of running event at the same time? No, I, I wasn't. And my, my goal was never to be this like, you know, big bulky person and like, you know, have like, you know, 30 inch biceps or whatever, you know, all these people who measure their biceps and stuff like that. Um, but I really, I think for me, it was like, I just want to make sure I can like maintain my strength. I wanted to make sure that even though I was like running more that I was, you know, not like losing muscle. I wasn't like losing a lot of strength. I was like anticipating that I'm spending less time in the gym. I'm like eating, you know, I'm not, I'm burning more calories than, you know, running than I was lifting. So I was like anticipating a little bit like less in the strength. Um, but I was like willing to, to make that, it's not even a sacrifice, but you know, shifting the balance, uh, over to the, over to the running quite a bit. Right. It is pretty easy. I think to maintain any muscle mass that you have, even if you know, you're doing high volume, you're training for a marathon or even an ultra marathon, as long as you're doing a fair amount of, of strength work and, it, again, it doesn't have to be that bodybuilder oriented stuff that is traditionally done to build muscle. Um, so a lot of the strength work that I promote that I talk about that, you know, I think is really great for runners is, is not muscle building in nature. It really is oriented towards your running performance. So it's focused on, you know, the ability to, um, you know, first of all, it's focused on generally getting stronger, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get bigger muscles. Uh, and then there's a big focus on, you know, quickly producing force or, or in other words, power. And, and I think that's an exciting, 
you know, thing for runners to think about. It's, it's almost like, you know, sprinters think about that a lot. Distance runners usually aren't thinking too much about that aspect of, of running. And, you know, it's almost like the, the physics of running, but yeah. heavy weightlifting, some power movements, excellent ways to build that skill into your training. Yeah. You have to sort of smuggle it in to them and tell them, oh, it'll improve your economy or something like that. Right. It'll improve your economy. It'll help you stay healthy. And the next thing you know, they're like, man, I'm squatting a lot and I can sprint fast. And you're like, oh yeah, that's great. What a shock. When do you interleave? Let, let's say, you know, you're going to do two days of strength training and you're also, you know, doing serious run training where, you know, maybe you have a long run and a, and a track day as part of your, your, your run week. When do you interleave those two days of strength training in there? So there are a couple of options. And, uh, I think there are options based on difficulty that we can talk about. I, I think the best strategy that is admittedly the most difficult schedule is, is to have your strength training days in the gym on your harder workout days so that you might do your gym workout after your two faster sessions during the week, or you'll do your gym workout after the faster workout and after the long run. Now, this is a great strategy because it, it kind of fits with the principle of, you know, let's polarize your training. Let's make your hard days really hard. Let's make your easy days really easy so that you're going to gain as much fitness as possible on those hard days. And you were going to recover as best as you can on those days that are really easy. Now, the problem is that those days are really hard. And some people either A, just practically don't have the time to do both a gym workout and, you know, a a big workout or a long run, or, you know, they're just so tired from a long run. And and I actually fall into this category. I'm just kind of a, a train wreck after a long run. You know, my wife jokes around about how a two hour run takes me eight hours on the weekend because there's a lot of there's a lot of things around it. And and I, I move pretty slowly after a long run. And and I know that I couldn't get into the gym and, and lift heavy weight and try to do a clean and jerk and <laughs> a lot of these more explosive exercises. That's the last thing you have after a long run is any kind of explosivity left. So if you're someone who can't do that, you know, we can kind of use a hybrid strategy where, you know, maybe you do your gym workout after a hard workout during the week, but then on the weekend, you know, you're doing your gym workout on a, on a Sunday and you're doing your long run on a Saturday. So there's a couple schedules and I don't think it matters so much for most runners, as long as they realize that any weightlifting they're doing is there to supplement and support their running. So if you're doing a hard gym workout the day before your track session, and then you're sore or you're just too fatigued to hit the times that you need to during that workout, that means your strength workout was too hard. That doesn't mean that, you know, oh, I I just need to get tougher. It doesn't mean that you need to cut strength training out from your schedule. It means there's just a scheduling issue. So I, I think the day before your hard running days is a bad idea for most runners. You know, there's kind of this advanced strategy of doing some explosive weightlifting the day before a hard workout that might give you a little bit more pop and muscle tension. So you feel more responsive on that harder workout. I think that's for the extremely well-trained competitive athlete. You know, if if you're not running 
430 in the mile or or some or 240 in the marathon or something like that you probably don't want to do that you know we're we're talking a very advanced strategy that i've heard pro runners talk about but very few other people um so so i would say let's put your gym workout days on your hard days on your moderate days as long as you're keeping one day that's truly easy during the week and as long as you're not scheduling those gym days before your quality running days so that they'll be negatively impacted, then, you know, I think there's some flexibility in how you set up that schedule. So you kind of, you kind of answered that maybe the the golden question of, um, if you're running and lifting in the same day or, you know, back to back, um, you, you typically would suggest doing, doing your runs before you go into the gym or you go into the gym in the morning and then do your runs in the afternoon. Like, have you seen, like, I always, every time I talk to people about this, they say like, oh, should I do it before? Should I do it after? People who are in the gym, they're like, oh, if I run after, I like lose all of my muscle that I just tried to do. And, you know. That's not uh, a thing. Not a thing, but typically, what do you, is is there like a better way to do it? You know, you're kind of talking about doing the running first and then strength in the afternoon, but. um, Yeah, so. I'm a, I'm a runner and I'm a running coach and I'm assuming I'm talking to runners. So runners, our primary sport is running. So we always want to focus on that. You know, that is our number one, most important thing. And, uh, let's focus on the running first, then you can get in the gym and, and do your weightlifting afterwards. Now, if you have such a schedule where, you know, you have a day of weightlifting where, you know, maybe the run that day is a super easy three, four, five mile run at a recovery pace, you know, something that that is not hard in any kind of way, then in that kind of a situation, maybe your schedule dictates that, okay, you can only go to the gym in the morning, but then you have to run during your lunch hour or after work or something like that. In that case, I don't think it's necessarily, uh, you know, the worst idea in the world, because the run isn't very important. It's a short recovery run. It's basically just time on your feet. It doesn't matter if you average nine minute pace or 830 or 930. Just have it be an easy effort. Who cares if you're a little sore? Because the goal of this run is not performance. You know, you don't care what the pace is. It's not a workout. It's not a long run that that is important. You know, it's just a recovery run. So in this kind of a situation, and, and you can see how most of these rules can be bent and broken, but as long as you're adhering to the general principle that your lifting should really make your running better. And if it's not, then we need to switch it around somehow. We need to change things up. Then, you know, I think you'll, you'll be just fine. So when you think about, you know, I'm training for a marathon or a 10 K a half marathon or, you know, whatever it is. And I'm, I'm trying to like, I think about my taper, right. I'm, I'm tapering down. I've, you know, kind of tapering down the hard workouts. I'm tapering down the mileage and the intensity you know, when you think about incorporating strength into to running, like, should we be continuing to do this up until race day? Is there a way that you kind of like think about putting a taper into uh, the strength training as, as well? I think it does depend on what kind of strength training we're talking about. So if you're someone who's just doing body weight exercise routines, and yeah, I have so many on the strength running website, you know, so let's say it's the standard core routine, or it's the ITB rehab routine, all these routines that, that I have, and I think are great for runners. They're not terribly difficult. And once you kind of get introduced to them, you stay consistent with them. You know, it's almost like ongoing maintenance with your car. It just makes you feel good. It's not necessarily a hard workout. And though that kind of work, I don't think has to be tapered very much. You know, maybe 
You don't do the full three sets of the standard core routine for a minute per exercise. You know, maybe you do two sets and you only do each exercise for 45 seconds. And, you know, that's just in the last couple days before your race. So there really is just kind of a mini taper at the very end because, you know, you don't want to bring any fatigue into the race. But then again, these exercise routines don't actually cause much fatigue to begin with. Um, so that kind of work doesn't have to be tapered very much, but if you are doing weightlifting in the gym, then I I mean, I think the weightlifting should be periodized in much the same way as your running program is. So, you know, maybe at the very beginning of your marathon season, you know, the focus, it's almost like the base phase of training, you know, the focus is on more general lifting. It's on injury prevention. It's on building the habit of weightlifting. Uh, and it's just, building basic competency with a lot of those exercises. But then as you get closer to your race, much like your running training, we're going to add in more intensity. We're going to perhaps decrease the volume, but you know, maybe do more advanced exercises just like, you know, your workouts might get shorter but faster. And as you get into the taper for, you know, this hypothetical marathon, I do think it's helpful to taper down the volume just like you would with your running but maintain most of the intensity. So you're only doing a little bit of lifting, you know, maybe those lifting workouts, you know, they used to take 45 to 60 minutes. Now they only take a half an hour. You're in and out of the gym, including the warm up and all that. And you're really just kind of priming your body to be responsive, to be able to generate force. Uh, you're, you're kind of remembering those movements and, and all that coordination that you've built, uh, which will help your running economy. I'll never forget that one of the strength coaches I worked with on developing the weightlifting program that we have at Strength Running, you know, he always said that when it comes to weightlifting for endurance runners, really think about it as coordination training under resistance. And it's almost like coordination training under fatigue. And so with with that perspective on it, you can really see how It's so beneficial for helping you maintain your form, which is essentially a type of coordination when you're under high fatigue or high duress at the end of a marathon. So we still want to do it, but, you know, we kind of just we don't want to do too much of it. It's like that final workout you run the week of the marathon. It's really short. You might just be doing a couple pickups, you know, maybe a little fartlek or something like that. You're just getting the legs turned over, you know, getting your body just primed to run fast. You're not building any fitness, but you're just practicing what you've already built in the past so that on on race day, when it comes time to actually perform, you're fully rested, but you're also primed to perform. That makes sense. Yeah, you're just reminding it what it can do. As you as you're coming into the final days there. So I have a I have a question. What does what does leg day look like for you? <laughs> well, I actually don't think runners should really separate their lifting into leg day, chest day. You know, we're right. doing buys and tries today. Sure. You know, that's more of a bodybuilding mentality where you really do isolate certain muscle groups and you know, if you're if you're isolating muscle groups like that, it means you have to go into the gym more often. Right. And if you're going into the gym twice a week, you're not going to be able to have a leg day and then, you know, an upper body day. Well, that it means comes that, once a month or something, right? <laughs> right. You know, and as runners, you know, most of the work that we do is is really important for our legs, you know, and our core as well. So if we were only doing that once a week, you know, would really be shortchanging ourselves. So 
I, I kind of do a full body, uh, strength training workout whenever I do a gym workout. And that includes, you know, some of the basics, the squat, the deadlift, um, overhead press is another great exercise. And, you know, of course, all of those exercises have a ton of different variations to them. So, you know, you can do an overhead squat, you can do a back squat, you can do a, a sumo squat, all these different variations kind of help you progress through them and, and gradually do slightly more advanced forms of these exercises. But, you know, for the most part, three to four exercises total is, is a good place for me to be at. Um, and for the most part, I'll do maybe three sets of that. But of course, you know, if I'm, if I'm following a formal weightlifting program, like, like ones that I, that I sell, then I will actually, you know, things will change very dramatically between what I'm doing in week one versus what I'm doing in week 14. That makes sense. Um, what are some exercises or are there any exercises that you can think of that are counterproductive for runners? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, thank you. I, I don't know if any individual exercise is truly counterproductive. I think even a non-conventional exercise could be used in a productive way, as long as it's programmed correctly, as long as you're doing it with appropriate weight at the right time of season, you know, it's more that runners, it's not that we want to stay away from certain exercises. We just want to stay away from certain styles of lifting. So I've talked a lot about the bodybuilding method of weightlifting where, you know, you're in the gym for kind of a long time, you know, their weightlifting sessions, you know, they'll do six different exercises for the biceps. Uh, and they're really isolate each one. It's a high volume program. They're also in the gym five or six days a week. We certainly don't need to do that as runners. Uh, and then a- another misconception that a lot of runners have is that when they get into the gym, they're going to lift for endurance, you know, cause the thinking goes that right. We're endurance runners. Mm. That's what we should be doing, right? We should be gaining more endurance. That's going to make us better, right? Well, we gain enough endurance through our run training. You know, we're not going to gain very much more just by doing, you know, four sets of 20 reps <laughs> with very light weight. You know, that's kind of the mentality is the, the high volume, low weight rep scheme for endurance. I think that's a mistake too, because it doesn't allow us to practice producing force. It doesn't build as much running economy. And it really, you know, it's not as great for injury prevention either, because the stimulus for gaining strength isn't as strong. So, you know, that's, those are the two big, you know, I think mistakes with weightlifting that runners fall into. And then I guess the, the third place misconception or or strength training mistake, I'd say is, uh, including a lot of metabolic or cardio components to your weightlifting. So, you know, a lot of runners will take a certain class at the gym, not right mm-hmm. now, but or they might go to CrossFit and do the workout of the day. And, you know, these are typically great workouts and, and, you know, there's a lot to be said about them, but when runners are really training for a race, they're trying to be strategic with their training, you know, we need to gain strength and power. We don't need a cardio component to our weightlifting because, you know, we're runners, we're, we're spending a lot of time running almost every day anyway. So we need to stay away from circuits and CrossFit workouts of the day, body pump classes, P90X, you know, a lot of these other things that we could do are, are highly metabolic and we simply don't need it. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting because I think when I when I look at like when I lift, it's I lick, you know, lift with intensity. I, I lift for power, but like you don't feel like you're getting like the same, like you're not burning as many calories. You feel like you're not getting as much like of that like tiredness. You get a different tiredness from like running than you do weightlifting. And I think some of the challenges is um, are, yeah, you just don't feel like you're getting enough of that pump. Like you're just feel like you're, I'm not burning enough calories. I'm not like pushing myself hard enough. But so like people will kind of like resort or go to these like more cardio classes because like, Hey, I'm doing strength, but I'm also doing cardio. So like, I feel like very tired in a way that I'm used to being tired with running. Uh, but in reality, like that's, that's not the point of being at the gym, like, as you mentioned. No, no. And you're speaking to the psychology of runners right now that yeah. we think we're getting a good workout in if we're out of breath, like we have yeah. been conditioned to believe that a good workout is one that has a high respiratory or cardio component to it, where you know, if you have a runner do a pure speed development workout, like a sprinter would, where, you know, they might sprint for 20 yards and then have five minutes of walking recovery afterward. You're like, this is a joke. I mean, I remember yeah. when I was in college, we used to make fun of the sprinters because they would spend more time walking around the track than they would actually running. But now, of course, I recognize that they are training for something so different than what we are, that their workouts have to look very different. and you know, as endurance runners, we have to recognize that, you know, if we're doing something else in our training besides the running part of it, you know, maybe that's weightlifting in the gym. Maybe you're training to run a fast mile or a 5k and you are doing some speed development work. Now, I mean, a true sprinting kind of workout where your recoveries are going to have to be walking. That's very counterintuitive to a lot of runners. So, you know, I, I think runners have to almost step outside of our sphere of what we already know and recognize that, you know, if we're going to start training, like, you know, almost like training, like a pro, you know, doing the weightlifting in the gym, doing some of the speed development, um, doing those other things that are a little bit different than the normal types of training, we have to get comfortable with doing them differently. And, and it almost feels like we're not doing it, but you know, we are gaining a ton of benefits from it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm kind of curious, what is uh, your favorite uh, thing to do in the gym and what's your least favorite thing to do, but you know, you have to do it. So you still do it. I really love deadlifts for some reason. I just love pulling something heavy off the what ground wrong with you. It just <laughs> makes me feel good. But you know what I, I don't deadlifts. like? I don't like squats. I don't know. Hmm. Like if my, my, my knees or ankles are just not built for squatting, but squatting doesn't feel good to me. I, I don't look forward to squats. But with deadlifts, I just look forward to them. I love just pulling something heavy off the ground, even though it's it's really just heavy for me. I'm not impressing anyone. <laughs> at the gym. Do you do you do typically like do, like deadlifts, or do you do like straight leg, or are you mix between mix between the two? I mix between the two yeah. when I get into a gym. These days, not so often. Yeah, I love uh, deadlifts. Are like I think of like the three core. I think it was between like bench and deadlift. But deadlift was just like you just feel so much more powerful. Uh, it's fun. I, I agree with that. Yeah. I don't know what it is about it. I don't know. Like, like your legs just feel like they grow twice in size when you're pulling something heavy off the ground and you feel how tense your body is. I love, I love the deadlift. Yeah. Easier to throw out your back, but you know. So I have one, I guess this might be a good question to wrap up on. So what are some markers for when you should take a day off or, or, or back off of strength training a little bit. So one issue I always have with my running is if I have like a little niggling pain or, or some soreness, 
I always have to evaluate, like, is this new? Is this a concerning? Or should I push through this? And if, if I stopped every time some little thing happened, I would you know, never get anywhere. And, and it's a little bit hard with running, but I've been doing it for long enough now that I, I think I'm getting better at that anyway. With weightlifting, I have no clue. Like, when is, What are some markers or indicators for when you may be overdoing it a little bit? Yeah, that I mean, that's a great question. And I think partly it's through experience. I mean, you kind of hinted at this, you, you said, you know, you've been running for a long time. Yeah. And you really can now speak your body's language, right? When your body's telling you something, it's speaking its own language to you, you can now understand that and you know, okay, can I run through this? Can I not run through this? Is this something where, okay, I just need to run slow or I can run for a little bit, you know, all these different nuanced questions on, you know, when it's okay to run through things. Um, When it comes to running, I usually tell runners, if you have to change your form to accommodate the pain, if it gets worse as you run, or if it's a sharp stabbing pain, those are three red flags. Don't ever run through something that is causing you those kinds of problems. I think we can adapt that too to weightlifting. So, you know, if you can't do the normal exercise without pain, you know, if you have to kind of, oh, I'm going to hold the bar a little funny and then my back won't hurt. It's like, no, 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 Mm -hmm. let's not do any of that. So don't compromise form to, you know, accommodate, you know, some weird lifting uh, form that you have, you know, you don't want to do that. Um, And then too, like, you know, sometimes you might have a little niggle and through the warm up and and maybe the first exercise or two you use lower weight or you do fewer reps a lot of the times you almost warm up out of that niggle yeah. and that i think is a, an encouraging sign you know if you can get through the workout at that point without any serious pain with you know feeling kind of normal that is an indication that your lifting isn't making the problem worse so that that's a good sign for me and then also if you're lifting and you know, something might be bothering you, but it's, you know, it's, it's just a dull soreness or it's an ache rather than a sharp stabbing pain or some, something that is severe, something that feels like it's, you know, an acute injury where all of a sudden you get this stab of pain and this lightning bolt and you think to yourself, oh, wow, that is not normal. That is concerning. I think everyone knows kind of intuitively that feeling, that's certainly something that, that you should not lift through. Um, but generally speaking, I will have runners be fairly conservative in the gym, you know, always lift a little bit less than what you think you can lift. If you think you can do four sets, but you know, it might be a little bit of a struggle. Yeah. Just do three, you know, like, again, it's a type of exercise that really should make our running better. And we shouldn't try to optimize it to, you know, the nth degree. We don't have to be perfect weightlifters in the gym. Uh, We should really put all that energy into our running training because that's really where the bulk of our improvement is going to come from. It's through the running rather than on the weightlifting. The weightlifting is like the cherry on top, the icing on the cake. You know, it it doesn't matter if the cherry's misplaced a little bit. You still get a cherry on your cake. (laughs) It's a good way to think about it. That makes sense. Well, gosh, I mean, I've learned a ton here. So this has been a real pleasure. I think I'm inspired to finally take seriously introducing some weights into my into my regime here. Um, thanks for t- making the time, Jason. How should our listeners find you? Um, well, I am all over the internet. There's the Strength Running Podcast, which folks can listen to, uh, I think, on pretty much any podcast listening platform that's out there. 
Uh, we have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash strengthrunning. And of course, there's our home base, strengthrunning.com, which is kind of where it all started. This is what I started back in 2010. And you can look through our archive of different articles that we have. Uh, and we have a lot of different coaching and training programs for athletes too. So those are the three best spots to, to find me. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Final Turn. We're desperate for some feedback, so if you're willing, the way to do that is to email us at thefinalturnpod at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to have you back for our next episode.